Treason, at the least, treason. Kid Rock kicks ass, and believe it or not, another beer company has gone woke. What? Mm-hmm. Not kidding. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night. We are live on rumble.com exclusively. Show is also a podcast. You'll find us on Apple, uh, Spotify, all the major and minor podcast platforms, wherever that might be around the globe. Uh, just look for The Jay Sheldon Show. Give us a follow or a subscribe. And uh, we appreciate it. It's the audio part of this show that goes out live Monday through Friday. So that's what we're dealing with. Also, we are dealing with a heat wave. Like, I, I've lived here for over 20 years, almost 21 years. In fact, this month, it'll be 21 years. I don't think I, rem I remember a time when it was as hot as it has been and going to be, apparently, these, I don't know, Malaysian Met Society or whatever that weather people are here, they said that we may hit 50 by the end of the week. Do you know what 50 is in Fahrenheit? Like 120-something? Holy crap. I'll let you know if it happens or... If it happens, if I'm not here, I will have died of heat stroke or something because it's already incredibly hot out there. And the idea that it's going to get worse, <laughs> not fun. What is fun, though, is this little lady. It's our three-year-old Shiba Inu baby, otherwise affectionately known as Miko and where'd we go there we are and there she is there is our little girl who is having a little time of it today she refused to eat her dinner it's still sitting down there she's looking at it she wants to be hand fed again you know the queen anyway uh, this is her being attacked by her favorite dinosaur and uh, she has beaten this thing up. I've showed you the pictures before. That's her favorite shirt down there and her favorite toy, her dinosaur. This was a while ago because you see, there's, no, there's not many stitches on the dinosaur. Now the thing looks like it's been through 15 car wrecks. It's got stitches everywhere from her tearing it apart. But it still lives and she will not let us throw it away because it is absolutely her favorite toy of all. So she's doing well, other than the fact that she refuses to eat tonight. I don't know why, but she does. Miko update brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link. If you follow that link, you'll get a free month. It's a monthly subscription service. Every month, delivered right to your door, a box full of themed treats, toys, and goodies for your dog. You will, and you can size it too, by the way. When you order, there's a small, medium, large checkbox because you know you don't want some giant German Shepherd getting a little tiny toy, you know, for a small dog. Anyway, you can pick, and uh, you get two toys, two boxes of all-natural treats, and a dog chew every month delivered right to your door. If you use our special link. You will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. 
You will be happy. You will be satisfied. And you know how I know that? Because BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. We guarantee your dog will love it or we will make it right. Yeah, there you go. Check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our link to get you that special deal. Check out BarkBox.com. All right. The crap hit the fan. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just to note, when they want to release something and make you forget about it, they do it on a Friday. Friday afternoon, ideally. Because then you've got no time to hit the news cycles. The weekend comes, people forget about crap, and by Monday it's all blown over and everything has gone. Have you noticed they released this today? Tuesday. Now, Monday's a garbage day for doing anything, whether it's online advertising or releasing press releases. Monday's just junk. Forget Monday. This is the ideal day to release this stuff and release it they did. Links to all the stuff we talk about tonight are in our show notes. The Deep State Lied. Durham Report destroys any inkling of a a Trump-Russian collusion. Strzok knew no one in the Trump camp contacted Russia, blows his court case out of the water. There is the, uh, there is the little tear with that horrendous evil woman right in the middle of it. The Durham report released today, uh, the uh, special counsel, John Durham, released his final report concluding the FBI had no verified intel when it opened the Crossfire Hurricane investigation into Trump in 2016, that according to Just the News, several other news sites, it is plastered all over. I would recommend you check out this Gateway Pundit article. It covers just about everything. Uh, This was Durham's final report. There will be no arrests. Hmm. The American people were lied to For years, the intel community worked feverishly to accomplish their coup on President Trump and succeeded, and they all knew it was a lie. Technofog over on Twitter. Listen, I can't recommend Technofog enough. He covers everything, and he's got the inside dope, folks. He published a Twitter thread that explained Durham's findings after the report was released. Um... And again, I can't go through the whole thing. It's a whole thread. But check out Technofog over on Twitter. He's at Techno underscore Fog. I follow him. I highly recommend you follow him too. Because this is a nightmare waiting to happen. Hillary Clinton set up Trump, framed him for treason in an attempt to oust him from power. All the time, Obama, Biden... The FBI knew it was fake, but they allowed it to go ahead anyway. Sounds like a mass treason event, doesn't it? Well, that's because it is. According to the Durham report, former CIA director John Brennan briefed Obama and staff on the plot by Hillary to create a false narrative about Russian interference in the election and colluding with candidate Donald Trump. 
then-candidate. High-ranking Democrats all knew about this plan and yet still wasted millions of taxpayer money investigating Trump with Robert Mueller. No one is being held accountable for this. Brennan lied to Congress, stating he found evidence of collusion, which was absolutely not true and a complete lie. Now it's being reported he fully knew the story was created by Hillary Clinton. Not kidding. Check this out. But was there intelligence that said that the Trump campaign was colluding with Moscow during their campaign? There was intelligence that the Russian intelligence services were actively involved in this effort. And having been involved in many counterintelligence cases in the past, I know what the Russians try to do. They try to suborn individuals. And they try to get individuals, including U.S. persons, to act on their behalf either wittingly or unwittingly. And I was uh, worried by a number of the contacts that the Russians had with U.S. persons. And so therefore, by the time I left office on January 20th, I had unresolved questions in my mind as to whether or not the Russians had been successful in getting U.S. persons involved in the campaign or not to work on their behalf, again, either in a witting or unwitting fashion. And so therefore, I felt as though the FBI investigation was uh, certainly uh, well-founded and needed to look. Yeah. You know how you can tell he's lying? His lips are moving. Clinton, Hillary, that is, was able to use the disinformation with the help of the DOJ and spy on her political opponent and sway an entire election, as you know. Uh, Then she used the Democrats in Congress and Robert Mueller to persecute Trump after he legitimately won the presidency. If this happened in any other country on the planet, we would be disavowing that country just like that. Hillary Clinton knew her campaign completely fabricated the Russia hoax to distract from her illegal private server. She still had the gonads to say something like this. To our future, the damage being done to our values, our institutions, and try to think of ways that I can help those who are on the front lines of the fight. Your name doesn't come up much Mm -hmm. on any campaign except for Donald Trump's. Mm -hmm. Lock her up is still Mm -hmm. a big popular line. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should. But Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day and history will probably sort it all out. So, Yeah, history will sort it all out, you moron, evil, evil, treasonous woman. Unbelievable. All right, I got a little bit more on this coming up in just a bit, but first of all, I want to take a break, just a quick break, to tell you about one of our sponsors, and that is Brickhouse Nutrition and their amazing product, which is called Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a powder consisting of all-natural, good-for-you, 
fruits and vegetables, all ground up into a great tasting powder. Look, folks, you know fruits and vegetables are the most important thing to a healthy diet, the key to healthy living. Fruits and vegetables, the anchor of any healthy diet, but they're not easy. You've got to go shopping for them. You've got to store them. You've got to cook them. You've got to prepare them. Then you got to cook them. It's a pain in the butt, and nobody goes through all that. Half the time, they go off, they rot before you get to them. Fields of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables, all ground up into an amazing-tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink. You can use water if you want, but, you know, orange juice, green tea, whatever. And these are real USDA organic fruits and veggies, not extracts. You look at the back of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts. These are great tasting flavors. You can see some of them there on the screen. You will love it, and it is amazingly good for you. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. In our show notes down there is a special link. You use that link, and you will get an amazing deal from us and the good folks, of course, at Brickhouse Nutrition. All right, Brickhouse Nutrition, thank you so much for helping to uh, to sponsor part of our show here today. Uh, okay, I got, uh, I got an interesting list. The Russian investigation, of course, probably the greatest hoax in American political history. Uh, but are we just supposed to trust the justice system? Is anything going to happen? I really doubt it. Alvin Bragg indicts Trump using a novel legal theory. A jury awards five million bucks to a creepy apprentice superfan who can't remember the year she was allegedly raped. Grand jury in Georgia targets Trump for asking about voter integrity in corrupt Fulton County. Our intelligence agency aided and abetted in not one, but two Trump impeachments. The FBI raids Mar-a-Lago while Joe Biden has boxes of classified documents sitting in multiple offices. New York City indicts Daniel Penny for protecting bystanders from a dangerous lunatic on the subway. Douglas Mackey gets 10 years in jail for making maims. The FBI targets conservative patriots, tying compensation to how many domestic extremists they can prosecute. The DOJ continues to hold political prisoners, the January 6th political prisoners, which is exactly what they are in solitary confinement. The FBI infiltrates, investigates the kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmire, Pro-life activists getting raided by the FBI for charges local prosecutors have already passed on. The McCluskeys lose their right to own guns for brandishing them in self-defense against a mob. BLM and Antifa continuously terrorize our cities with apparent immunity. You had enough yet? Have you had enough yet? The time has come, my friends. The time has come. This is scary, scary stuff. I think I got uh, 
I got one more on this. Oh, by the way, the link to the actual uh, report, I put that in our show notes. It's a PDF file. It's justice.gov. It's a weird-looking link, but you can trust it. That's actually the link to a PDF, which is the Durham Report. So if you want to actually read the Durham Report, you can do that uh, right there at that link. Wow. All right. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, this was classic. This popped up uh, about halfway through the day today. And it's still there. I'm actually surprised. This is a live look at my uh, my Twitter feed. This is a post from the FBI. Take a look at this. The conduct in 2016 and 2017 that Special Counsel Durham examined was the reason that current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which have now been in place for some time. Bullshit. Had those reforms been in place in 2016... The missteps, 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 the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the importance of ensuring the FBI continues to do its work with the rigor. I can't even say this word objectivity and professionalism that the American people deserve and rightly expect. Give it up, FBI. Nobody's buying it. You are done. Cooked. Stick a fork in you, figuratively speaking. They have the balls to post this on their Twitter feed. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. That's some big hairy ones, I'm telling you. It gets more interesting with this idiot in the White House and his lovable son, Hunter. The IRS is now reportedly firing. This just happened today. They have fired an entire group of investigators. You know which ones? The ones probing Hunter Biden. Yeah. A whistleblower accuses the admin of retaliation. The IRS fired the entire group. You know, they did this today because they think you're all concentrating on the whole Durham report, which we are. But we're not so stupid as to be distracted from other important things like this. Fired the whole group of investigators looking into Hunter Biden and a whistleblower included in the group accused the Biden administration of retaliating against his revelations. In April, this whistleblower came forward to accuse the Biden admin of improperly obstructing the investigation into the president's son. A letter from attorney Mark Little to members of Congress claimed the whistleblower could provide disclosures providing various improper decisions by the Biden administration. Political correct uh, considerations is the, the lawyer talking were having an impact on the decision for agents to make investigative steps in the case. And those political considerations are not normally a part, duh, of a career investigator's toolkit. The IRS responded, according to the New York Post article, by firing the group that included the whistleblower. Un. 
believe, and they think you won't notice. And they think you won't notice. Outrageous. Out freaking rages. <sighs> right. What else have we got? All right, we did the blaze thing. I think we got one more. Let me see. Yeah, that's just, you know, what more is there? Spread this stuff around, by the way. Those links are all in our show notes. Put this on your social media. Complain about it. Call your representatives. Let them know you're not putting up with this crap. And let them know that you want to see some people in steel bracelets behind bars. Not going to happen. Highly doubt it's going to happen. There is no justice system in Washington, D.C. It does not exist. Evidence after evidence doesn't take much. Just look it up. Excuse me. All right. Hey, over in the UK, I don't cover much from the UK. I don't have a big audience over there, but it's important because what happens there, we could emulate. We absolutely could emulate. And take a look at this headline from a tweet from Dr. Tess Laurie. The World Council for Health has officially put British MPs on notice. By the way, if like me, I'm an American, so the whole system of government where you have a parliament and MPs and a House of Lords and all that crap, we have a similar system here. It still confuses me. I still don't understand how the damn thing works. Seems a little wonky to me, but anyway. uh, They've put them on notice, not acceptable to transfer any decision-making powers reserved for democratic institutions to an unelected, unaccountable, supranational body like the WHO. So next week, your MPs in the UK will get a full 45-page policy brief, a seven-page summary of the uh, policy brief, a cover letter that highlights the issues and the proposed amendments to the international health regulations, and the WHO Pandemic Accord concerning sovereignty, censorship, surveillance, gain-of-function research, and more. A copy of the WHO's article-by-article compilation of proposed amendments to the international health regulations. So, you MPs over there, you can no longer say you didn't know, you weren't informed. Now, this whole effort has been crowdfunded. It's democracy in action. And you folks in the U.S., take a tip. Find out more. There's some links in this. The link to this tweet is in our show notes. Follow it. Find out what you can do. And do everything you can to fight back against this ridiculous group of idiotic, unelected people who think they're going to step in and control our lives. It ain't going to happen. Hey, some good news, my friends. Kid Rock, I love this guy. Kid Rock has sent a very blunt message to that uh, corrupt Soros-backed DA in New York, Alvin Bragg, after Kid Rock donated to Daniel Penny's defense fund. Take a look. A legal defense fund for Daniel Penny, that's the Marine facing second-degree manslaughter charges in New York. You ready for this, folks? 
they have raised over $2 million over the just couple of days. Big contributors from a number of very notable conservatives, including Kid Rock. Well, if you don't know who Kid Rock is, he is an incredible musician. He's also a philanthropist. He's contributed a significant amount of financial support to assist Penny with his legal representation. This case, of course, uh, revolves around the altercation that took place on the subway. I'm sure you've all seen the footage. You've all heard the story. If you heard it from most of the mainstream media or the leftist outfits, uh, this uh, fellow passenger here was uh, just some poor, sympathetic, homeless guy as opposed to being a fellow who had some 40 different charges and uh, has been violent in the past. The musician has not publicly commented on the specifics of the incident on the subway. His financial backing of Penny's legal defense uh, underscores his belief in the importance of a fair trial. He donated $5,000 and sent this message. Mr. Penny is a hero. Alvin Bragg is a P.O.S. Yes, Kid Rock. Yes, indeed. Wow. Love this guy. Support Kid Rock, too, by the way. Support his music. <laughs> Why not? It's good stuff. Put him on your Spotify list. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh, we have vowed not to put that idiot uh, man pretending to be a woman from the uh, Bud Light fiasco on this show ever again. Not to mention his name, not to put his image here, because that's all he wants. He's just looking for the publicity. And yes, I continue to say he because he is a he. Well, believe it or not... This is from the Bongino Report, by the way. It's on Rumble. Check it out. Miller Lite. Yup. Miller Lite. Take a look at this. the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Wow. Look at this shit. Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, good shit. How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the bad into compost. Then we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good helps farmers grow quality hops. Which is then donated to women brewers to make their own really good But there's definitely more out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good too. Oh, so here's to women, because without us, there would be no beer. Yeah. So there you go. Miller Lite. Miller Lite. Oh, man. Some people just do 
not learn. Now get this from the New York Post. Oh, I can't believe this. Hang on, I gotta get past these ridiculous ads on this website. Miller Lite downplays the woke ad. After you-know-who's disaster, Miller Lite's Women's History Month, titled Bad Shit to Good Shit, was posted on March 7th, pledging to clean up the brand's past of sexist ads objectifying women, instead supporting female brewers by donating fertilizer they can use to grow quality hops. Two months after the campaign launched, yeah, it's been out there for two months. I never saw it. The video suddenly, surprise, is nowhere to be found. Not on Miller Life's Twitter, not on their TikTok accounts. Comments for Instagram posts on the campaign have been disabled and any previous comments made invisible. The video of the ad on YouTube is unlisted and does not appear on the Beers Brands channel page or the YouTube search results. <laughs> so, on Monday, the easiest way to view the ad was through social media posts, which is where I got that from, from the Bongino report on Rumble. And it is not clear why the Instagram comments section had been scrubbed or if the YouTube post was listed publicly before having its privacy settings changed. But there you go. Miller Lite. Uh, apparently you want to be next, is that it? Hmm? <laughs> These people never learn. They never learn. Outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. All right. I got uh, one last thing for you tonight, and uh, then we're going to get on to our book, George Orwell's 1984. Man, you know what? Uh, let me save that comment for when we get to the book. Check this out. This is from Rumble, where we are live weekdays, Monday through Friday at 10, at the Jay Sheldon Show. Uh, by the way, at 11 o'clock, we talk a lot about this guy because he is one of the best. Dan Bongino will be up live with his show takes about an hour he starts at 11 o'clock we hope you will encourage you to go over there and check out dan bongino uh i am nowhere in dan's league obviously but he does a great show i never miss a show i'm one of his p1s from way back when and uh yeah so anyway rumble has just been kicking ass and taking names and yesterday was no difference look at this headline you may, if you're in my conservative older audience, not know these names, but trust me, this is huge. Rumble announces Kai Chenet and Aisho Speed have uh, announced exclusive streams with Rumble. Yeah, amazing. From Longboat Key in Florida, back down there where I used to live, the popular video platform Rumble announced yesterday they are in collaboration with Kai Chenet and iShow Speed for an exclusive joint live stream show on Rumble. The, uh, I hope it's not at 10. <laughs> the official trailer for the Kai and Speed show 
going to be released on all major social media platforms. Gives fans a glimpse of the crazy things to come from the two creators. Uh, Kai was recently named one of the 20 most current influential creators right now by Rolling Stone and is the number one most subscribed streamer in Twitch's history ever. I show speed the number one based gaming streamer on YouTube. He's amassed more than 1.34 billion billion with a B views. These two streaming heavyweights are going to launch their first Rumble stream May 26th, so 10 days from now. Wow. And you can subscribe to their channel. There is a link there. The link to this article is in our show notes. You want to check that, and inside this article, you'll find the link to subscribe to their stream. Being able, this is Kai's words, being able to have full creative control was important for us. I'm grateful that we get to do what we always do and combine audiences on a new level with Rumble. Uh, I show speed quoted as saying, we're very excited to partner with Rumble on this show. We know our fans are going to love what we have in the works. A few surprises. Plus, it's always a crazy time when me and Kai are together. This is history in the making, folks. This is in Sane and some very good news. I am so happy that I made the decision to dump all those other silly platforms and go exclusively with Rumble. Never had it as well. They all the revenue sharing from Rumble, the not, not censorship. You know, I wouldn't have had a show on YouTube much longer if uh, if I kept doing what I was doing. I just bring you the news and make comments about it, folks. I try and find the stuff that not everybody is talking about in most cases. But uh, Rumble, the free speech platform. And by the way, to you naysayers out there who, yeah, it's all just conservative people, far right wingers, terror, domestic terrorists. Shut up. Get off your ass and make your own stream. You are absolutely welcome here. I can't speak for the company, but I can tell you, you want to start a far-left liberal nut job stream on Rumble? Bring it on. We open the doors for you. Absolutely, it's easy to do, relatively free. Set yourself up. I've done it. Doesn't mean you can't do it. You absolutely can. So stop bitching, get off your ass, and make your own show. You can be as far-left crazy nutbag as you want. Be prepared. But you're welcome. Absolutely. All right. We got to move on to our book here. We are reading 1984 from George Orwell. We've always read books on this show in the last part. And uh, we've always done classic children's literature like Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Alice in Wonderland. But one of our uh, viewers said, hey, to keep in line with the theme of your show, why not read George Orwell's 1984? And why not? So we started that a little while ago. We got up to chapter four last night, and we are going to continue. I did want to make, <clears throat> I did want to make one comment. I told you before that I don't read these books ahead. I read them as, for the first time, I see the words on the page come up as I read them. 
which might explain a few blips along the way. But uh, I have never read George Orwell's 1984. Some of the ones we did in the past, I've read before. I've never read this. I, I know the book, of course. I know all the quotes from the book and the synopsis. I know the little cliff notes about 1984. But I never actually sat down and read the book. Even after just three chapters, it is frightening that we live here in 2023 in the world George Orwell created all those years ago. Very frightening. As we move on, in 1984, Chapter 4. With the deep, unconscious sigh, which not even the nearest of the telescreen could prevent him from uttering when his day's work started, Winston pulled the speakwrite towards him, blew the dust from its mouthpiece, and put on his spectacles. Then he unrolled and clipped together four small cylinders of paper, which had already flopped out of the pneumatic tube on the right-hand side of his desk. In the walls of the cubicle, there were three orifices. To the right of the speakwrite, a small pneumatic tube for written messages. To the left, a larger one for newspapers. And in the side wall, within easy reach of Winston's arm, a large oblong slit protected by a wider wire grating. This last was for the disposal of waste paper. Similar slits existed in thousands or tens of thousands throughout the building, not only in every room, but at short intervals in every corridor. For some reason, they were nicknamed memory holes. When one knew that any document was due for destruction, or even when one saw a scrap of waste paper lying about, it was an automatic action to lift the flap of the nearest memory hole and drop it in, whereupon it would be whirled away in a current of warm air to the enormous furnaces which were hidden somewhere in the recesses of the building. Winston examined the four slips of paper which had unrolled. Each contained a message of only one or two lines in the abbreviated jargon, not actually newspeak, but consisting largely of newspeak words, which was used in the ministry for internal purposes. They ran, Times 17.3.84, B.B. Speech, Mal-Reported Africa Rectify. Times, 19.12.83, Forecast 3YP Fourth Quarter, 83 Misprints Verify Current Issue. Times, 14.2.84, Mini Plenty Mal-Quoted Chocolate Rectify. Times, 3.12.83, Reporting BB Day Order, Double Plus Ungood Refs in Unpersons, Rewrite Fullwise Upsub Anti Filing. With a faint feeling of satisfaction, Winston laid the fourth message aside. It was an intricate and responsible job, and had better be dealt with last. The other three were routine matters, though the second one would probably mean some tedious wading through lists of figures. 
Winston dialed back numbers on the telescreen and called for the appropriate issues of the Times, which slid out of a pneumatic tube after only a few minutes' delay. The messages he'd received referred to articles or news items, which, for one reason or another, it was thought necessary to alter, or, as the official phrase had it, to rectify. For example, it appeared from the Times of the 7th of March that Big Brother, in his speech of the previous day, had predicted that the South Indian Front would remain quiet, but that a Eurasian offensive would shortly be launched in North Africa. Now, as it happened, the Eurasian higher commander had launched its offensive in South India and left North Africa alone. It was therefore necessary to rewrite a paragraph of Big Brother's speech in such a way as to make him predict the thing that had actually happened. Or again, the Times of the 19th of December had published the official forecasts of the output of various classes of consumption goods in the fourth quarter of 1953-1983, which was also the sixth quarter of the ninth three-year plan. Today's issue contained a statement of the actual output from which it appeared that the forecasts were, in every instance, grossly wrong. Winston's job was to rectify the original figures by making them agree with the latter ones. As for the third message, it referred to a very simple error which could be set right in a couple of minutes. As short a time ago as February, the Ministry of Plenty had issued a promise, a categorical pledge were the official words, that there would be no reduction of the chocolate ration during 1984. Actually, as Winston was aware, the chocolate ration was to be reduced from 30 grams to 20 at the end of the present week. All that was needed was to substitute for the original promise a warning that it would probably be necessary to reduce the ration at some time in April. As soon as Winston had dealt with each of the messages, he clipped his speak-written corrections to the appropriate copy of the Times and pushed them into the pneumatic tube. Then, with a movement which was as nearly impossible unconscious, he crumpled up the original message and any notes that he made himself and dropped them into the memory hole to be devoured by the flames. What happened in the unseen labyrinth to which the pneumatic tubes led, he did not know in detail, but he did know in general terms. As soon as all the corrections, which happened to be necessary in any particular number of the times, had been assembled and collated, that number would be reprinted, the original copy destroyed, and the corrected copy placed on the files in its stead. Now, this process of continuous alteration was applied not only to newspapers, but books, periodicals, Pamphlets, posters, leaflets, films, soundtracks, cartoons, photographs, to every kind of literature or documentation which might conceivably hold any political or ideological significance. Day by day and almost minute by minute, the past was brought up to date. In this way, every prediction made by the party could be shown by documentary evidence 
to have been correct. Nor was any item of the news or any expression of opinion which conflicted with the needs of the moment ever allowed to remain on record. All history was palmanset, scrapped clean, reinscribed exactly as often was necessary, and in no case would it have been possible once the deed was done to prove that any falsification had taken place. The largest section of the records department, far larger than the one on which Winston worked, consisted simply of persons whose duty it was to track down and collect all copies of books, newspapers, and other documents which had been superseded and were due for destruction. A number of the times which might, because of changes in political alignment or mistaken prophecies uttered by Big Brother, have been rewritten a dozen times still stood on the files bearing its original date, and no other copy existed to contradict it. Books also were recalled and rewritten again and again and invariably reissued without any admission that any alterations had been made. Even the written instructions which Winston received and which he invariably got rid of as soon as he had dealt with them never stated or implied that an act of forgery was to be committed. Always the reference was to slips, errors, misprints, or misquotations, which it was necessary to put right in the interest of accuracy. But actually, he thought, as he readjusted the Ministry of Plenty's figures, it wasn't even forgery. It was merely the substitution of one piece of nonsense for another. Most of the material that you were dealing with had no connection with anything in the real world, not even the kind of connection that's contained in a direct lie. Statistics were just as much a fantasy as their original version as in their rectified version. A great deal of the time you were expected to make them up out of your head. For example, the Ministry of Plenty's forecast had estimated the output of boots for the quarter at 145 million pairs. The actual output was given as 62 million. Winston, however, in rewriting the forecast, marked the figure down to 57 million, so as to allow for the usual claims that the quota had been over-fulfilled. In any case, 62 million was no nearer the truth than 57 millions, or than 145 millions. Very likely, no boots had been produced at all. Likelier still, nobody knew how many had been produced, or much less cared. All one knew was that every quarter astronomical numbers of boots were produced on paper, while perhaps half the population of Oceana went barefoot. And so it was with every class of record recorded fact, great or small. Everything faded away into a shadow shadow world in which finally even the date of the year had become uncertain. Winston glanced across the hall 
In the corresponding cubicle on the other side, a small, precise-looking, dark-chinned man named Tillotson was working steadily away with a folded newspaper on his knee and his mouth very close to the mouth of the speakwrite. He had the air of trying to keep what he was saying a secret between him and the telescreen. He looked up, and his spectacles darted a hostile flash in Winston's direction. Winston hardly knew Tillotson, had no idea what work he was employed on. People in the records department really didn't readily talk about their jobs. In the long windowless hallway, with its double row of cubicles and its endless rustle of papers and the hum of voices murmuring into speak rights, there were quite a dozen people whom Winston didn't even know by name. Although he daily saw them hurrying to and fro in the corridors or gesticulating in the two minutes of hate, he knew that in the cubicle next to him the little woman with sandy hair toiled day in and out, simply at tracking down and deleting from the press the names of people who had been vaporized, and therefore were considered never to have existed. There was a certain fitness in this, since her own husband had been vaporized a couple of years earlier. And a few cubicles away, a mild, ineffectual, dreamy creature named Ampleforth, with very hairy ears and a surprising talent for juggling with rhymes and meters, was engaged in producing garbled version, definitive texts, they were called, of poems, which had become ideologically offensive, but which, for one reason or another, were to be retained in the anthologies. And this hall, with its fifty workers or thereabouts, was only one subsection, a single cell, as it were, in the huge complexity of the records department. Beyond, above, below, were other swarms of workers engaged with their sub-editors, their typography experts, and their elaborately equipped studios for the faking of photographs. There was the teleprogram section with its engineers, its producers, its teams of actors specifically chosen for their skill in imitating voices. There were the armies of reference clerks, whose jobs was simply to draw up lists of books and periodicals which were drew for recall. There were the vast repositories where the corrected documents were stored, hidden furnaces where the original copies were destroyed, and somewhere or another, quite anonymous, there were the directing brains who coordinated the whole effort laid down the lines of policy which made it necessary that this fragment of the past should be preserved, that one falsified and the other one rubbed out of existence. And the records department, after all, was itself only a single branch of the Ministry of Truth, whose primary job was not to reconstruct the past, but to supply the citizens of Oceana with Newspapers, films, textbooks, telescreen programs, plays, novels, every conceivable kind of information, instruction, entertainment, from a statue to a slogan, from a lyric poem to a biological treatise, 
from a children's spelling book to a new-speak dictionary. And the ministry had not only to supply the multifarious needs of the party, but also to repeat the whole operation at a lower level for the benefit of the proletariat. It was a whole chain of separate departments dealing with proletarian literature, music, drama, and entertainment generally. Here were produced rubbishy newspapers containing almost nothing except sports, crime, and astrology, sensational five-cent novelettes, films oozing with sex, and sentimental songs that were composed entirely by mechanical means on a special kaleidoscope known as a versificator. There was even a whole subsection, porno-sec, it was called in newspeak engaged in producing the lowest kind of pornography, which was sent out in sealed packets, and which no party member, other than those who worked on it, were permitted to look at it. And that's where we will pause it for tonight and continue on with Chapter 4. Wow, this book, man... We'll continue that on tomorrow night's uh, stream. I will see you again then. Don't forget to follow the show. It's right over here. There's a button. Just click that follow button. Just takes a second. Costs you nothing and really helps the show out a lot. Thank you so, so much. Really, from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate that. Follow it. Share it out if you like. And don't forget, you can also find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast platforms, The Jay Sheldon Show. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>